Welcome to the GX Podcast. My name is Ian Khan and I'm your host. Today I have a visionary on uh, as a guest and this is Naveen Jain, entrepreneur and the founder of Wyom. Naveen, welcome to the GX Podcast. Ian, it's an absolute honor to reconnect with you. I still remember our fond memories of being together at another event a year ago and at the World Government Summit. So it's just an honor to reconnect. Pleasure. Naveen, we're talking about government experience. We're talking about what can we do? What can governments of the world do to create a better tomorrow? And there's so much that governments can do, are doing. Some are struggling, some are way ahead. And we just wanted to understand from your experiences in different sectors, right from healthcare to going to the moon, what is it going to take for governments to push the edge of innovation, creativity, and experiences in making the world a better place? Let's talk about the world as of right now. We spoke maybe a year ago, and a lot has happened since then. You were also at the World Government Summit. Uh, hosted by the Prime Minister's office here in uh, the UAE. Tell us about the shifts that you have seen in the last year and a half, two years, I believe. Yes. So first of all, Ian, I mean, there has never been a better time in a human history when it comes to innovation. There is never been a time when the confluence of so many exponential technologies that are coming together that will fundamentally change the way people live their lives. So let's focus a little bit on healthcare, and then I'm going to expand beyond that. So if you are in a government and you're looking at today, the world is very different. Now, COVID obviously was a complete disaster if you look at on the surface for humanity as a whole. We lost you know, millions of people who shouldn't have lost their lives. Now, having said that, there is a silver lining in that dark cloud. And the silver lining is actually in terms of healthcare. The telehealth had been talked about for decades and suddenly COVID happened and literally the largest hospitals in the government figured out how to start the telehealth. But that was just the beginning that essentially allows you to now open up population to around the world and the best and the brightest physicians can now come together to actually solve that problem. But here's the best part that happened. Suddenly, the consumer mindset had changed. It used to be, I do what I do when I get sick, I go to the hospital. With COVID, people are saying, wait a sec. What can I do not to catch COVID? What can I do not to go to the hospital? Can I buy immune supplements? Can I actually work out, stay healthy? What can I do to actually not be sick? And I think what's really happening is people are starting to think about what prevention they can take rather than be sick and be reactionary. And the third part that I really find interesting is, is this is just for the first time when consumers are realizing their actions have health consequences. I don't wear a mask. I go on a party. I'm not, I'm eating junk food and people who are obese and have comorbidity are dying and having in the hospital spending weeks at a time. Suddenly we are starting to realize that actually what we do matters to our health. And I think that's the biggest change. Now, if I'm a government, what I would do would be to realize this massive shift that's happening from reactionary to preventative care allowing people to actually take control of their own health and really rethinking and saying, can people become the CEO of their own health, right? The one more thing I want to add to it, there is a fundamental shift that I am seeing where I believe the future of medicine, the medicine is going to come from the farm, 
not pharmacy. The future of health is going to be at home, not at hospitals. And once we start to realize that shift is happening, you start to see what type of at-home tests can we do that allows people to see constantly what's happening in their lives and to be able to catch a disease and predict a disease before it ever happens. And to me, that is exactly what governments need to do because by that time they catch a disease because people feel symptoms and they are sick and they'll go to the hospital in just then to be very late. And then you become a lifetime burden on the society because now you have developed a disease that's too far along rather than to be able to catch it early and do something about it. And as we go along, we're going to tell you a little bit more about it because that is a fundamental shift and I really believe the governments have to rethink what has been their whole agenda in the past of building more hospitals to really say, how do we go out and get to people's home? Absolutely. And Naveen, you couldn't have said it better. I really like what you said. There's a couple of things that really stood out for me right there. Now, number one is who is in control of in the healthcare industry, as an example, who was in control of people's health and who potentially will be in control? So before it was all very reactionary, you get sick, you go to the hospital, but now you control to some extent and with some amount of predictability that whether you will get sick, whether it's a preventative measure or it's a reactionary, you know, kind of a measure to be more healthy. So that's kind of, I think the power has shifted and the sooner people realize it, the better it is. And the same goes for, I think, services within governments where services are now citizens are asking for services because of technology because of all of these things what are you seeing with wyom as well because you wyom is all about giving control to people so that they express their choices so so first of all yeah and i think you said something really really interesting is that who was in power and who becomes the next power if you look at every industry today the technologies have actually changed them. It used to be the brokers used to be the power centers. They had all the information. You call them and say, can you tell me why IBM stock went down? And they will read you the report and because they are the only one that had access to all that. And now on a Robin Hood, you can make a free trade <laughs> any one of us. Right? And in fact, you can see this whole shifting of consumerization that happened. Remember travel agents? Yeah. There used to be people called travel agents. Oh, yeah. When you had to book a ticket, you will call them. And now today, any one of us can go on an Expedia or any airline's website and you can book your own ticket. You can look at the fare, you can compare the fares, you can do all kinds of things. Right? And I think that shift is going to happen in healthcare, that shift is going to happen in education, and that shift is going to happen in almost every other sector that we know of. And this is really the biggest change that's going to happen. Today's industry, it is the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors who are considered know-it-all and they were really in the power position because they, when we are sick, we are vulnerable and we don't know what to do. And we go to these experts and they tell you what to do. Many of these doctors, in fact, have not seen the latest stuff that is coming out in the last 10, 15, 20 years. There is a gap of 15 to 20 years when the research comes out, when you start to see what's working and before it actually gets in the hands of the people. And I think that thing is going to compress very significantly. In fact, you saw in COVID, the vaccines used to take 10 to 15 years to develop a vaccine. And imagine from the time COVID happened, the time people are getting the eye shot in the arms is less than a year. I mean, that is the kind of thing that's going to actually now start to spread. People were so afraid of new technologies like messenger RNA. 
and now we're literally injecting messenger RNA, and it's the biggest experiment done on humanity. There'll be hundreds of millions and billion people that will be injected with a new technology, and suddenly people, you know, say, "Oh, if billion people got injected, they're safe. Maybe there is something to it, right?" And I really think this innovation that happened, the COVID will look back. This COVID would have been the actually the shining star when it came to healthcare. It fundamentally changed healthcare. So there are a lot of things I think you know is going to come across. So more, the governments need to now meet where consumers are. That means provide them the services at home, give them the consistent test that they are able to see what is happening inside their body. So as you mentioned, we at Wyom, we actually just at home we send you a test at home, few drops of blood. and a touch of the stool and a spit of a saliva we can literally tell you every single thing that's happening in your body because we analyzing every gene expression in your body every human gene expression mitochondrial gene expression oral microbial gene expression and the gut microbial gene expression then we see what molecules are being produced how much ammonia are you producing how much sulfide are you producing and then we predict and says not only what your health scores are like right now so what is your immune health that means how well are you protected from a cold virus or flu virus or god forbid covid virus right but we look at how well your immune system is working how well your mitochondrial health is how well your cellular health is how well your stress response how good is your gut health and better yet how is your body aging and then we also tell you actually what is actionable that means here are the foods you should eat and why here are the food you should avoid and why and here's the best part then we tell you here are the nutrients just for you and right now looking at your body you need 22 mg of lycopene you need 17 mg of elderberry you need 17 mg of curcumin and you need all these 55 ingredients you need this probiotic this prebiotic and guess what we make that capsule on demand just for you not picking up a capsule from a red drawer and a pink drawer we literally put those ingredients in a specific quantity just for you make that capsule for you in a robotic lab and send that to you and then test you again 6 months later to see how well it is working for you not how well it worked for someone else how well it is working for you and keep readjusting and keep retuning that stuff for just for you to make sure that your health is improving now if i am a government this is the best thing i can do because not only you are able to see what is going on and the other thing we did is yeah is that we have now analyzed over quarter million people and we are able to build a predictive model for 30 different diseases and predictive model means not we diagnose a disease we tell you you're moving towards a disease you're moving away from that disease so i look at you and i say you know what ian you're getting way too close to becoming diabetic and we are very close to where people are depressed you need to start changing something because you're moving towards it and need to move them away from it we can predict in fact depression anxiety we can predict diabetes we can predict 30 different diseases including things like oral cancer colorectal cancer we are now working on biliary cancer pancreatic cancer so we are able to in fact see the biomarkers for various types of cancer but various type of disease like ibs ibd other autoimmune diseases and that is the key because once you develop an autoimmune disease it costs 100000 dollars per year to the government just to give you those biologics 
But if you can actually prevent it before it happens, imagine over a lifetime, how much money are you saving? Instead of spending $100,000 a year, wouldn't you spend $200 a month and make sure people know what is going on in their life? They're getting all the nutrition in their body and actually keeping themselves healthy. And that is going to be the key to a perfect healthcare system. It needs to be caring for your health. Today, it is symptom care system. That means come back with a symptom. If you give me the ill, I'll give you the pill. And that's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned this individualized predictive model of people's health. And that just opens up a whole new area of not just gut microbiome, but tomorrow you could be expanding it to different systems of the body and looking at different things, right? Absolutely. We look at everything. We look at your human genes. We look at mitochondrial genes. We look at your saliva, blood, stool. And now we're looking at urine. We're going to look at skin. We're going to look at everything. So what about countries and cities and governments that are really future focused? So here's an example. There are two countries right now at the top of the list of countries who have vaccinated the most people. So Israel is, I think, at number one. The UAE is at number two. And there are countries that are severely lagging despite being first world countries, developed countries there at the bottom. And here's the challenge for governments that are moving fast, that really want to enable best services for their citizens. How would potential rollouts of things and revolutionary ideas such as these look like? What the future look like, say, 30 years from now in terms of a healthcare system, rollout of services, and how citizens could really leverage that? First of all, our future of healthcare is going to be going backward what it used to be hundreds of years ago. I still remember today it's considered a concierge physician somebody could come and see when you're sick. This used to be the norm in India and UAE when you're sick. A doctor and compounder will come to you. And in fact, I still remember they will make the capsule for you. The pharmacist actually used to take powder from different things and tell you exactly what you need and make it for you. So we are really going back to the future, if I may say so, right? And this is literally what's happening is that we are now talking about how personalized medicine is going to be the food that you take every day and what if the food can be the medicine. And we forget that's what Hippocrates said 2,500 years ago when he says all diseases begin in the gut. Let food be thy medicine. Let thy medicine be the food. So we think we are really innovating something here. All we are doing is literally taking the old ideas from Ayurveda and you know Greek philosophy and now scientifically showing and personalizing. Remember 2,000 years ago, Someone said, one man's food is another man's poison. So don't think the broccoli is good for everybody. Don't think spinach and kale is a healthy food. It is healthy for some and unhealthy for others. Don't fall because Popeye said spinach is good for everyone. Popeye was not the scientist. Let's not fool ourselves, right? (laughs) Absolutely. No, I get your point. And I think it's very important for both the private sector, the public sector, to understand what what this new, the next 10 plus or 15 plus or 20 plus years will look like when it comes to longevity, right? We all want to live disease-free, symptom-free. We all want to have 
longer lives and be happier and healthier and so on. And I think it's a collective responsibility of governments worldwide to join their minds together and stop thinking about just me, but think about how can we develop this as a global ecosystem. Now, tell us a little bit more about how can it be done? Is there a philosophy? Is there a methodology? Glad you asked because, you know, anytime you want to do something so audacious that can change the way people live their lives, there has to be a framework that you can apply. And I know we are running short on time here, but I'm going to see if I can go really fast here. So first thing is, if I'm in a government position, before I take any massive initiative, you have to ask yourself three questions. Why this? Why now? Why me? And why this is really simple. You said, if we could do this, and God forbid, it's actually successful that what I'm trying to do, would it help? the lives of millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, or billions of people around the world. So if it is successful, it is actually changes everything. And I'll apply that, by the way, same thing to Wyoming to see how we did that. In our case, we said, what if we can imagine a world where being sick is truly a matter of choice, not a matter of bad luck? What if illness can be optional? And we said, God, if we can prevent and reverse chronic diseases, would it help a billion people? Answer was 7.4 billion people, check mark, right? Second question you ask is why now? And why now is really interesting. What had changed in the last one to two years, but most importantly, what do you expect to happen in the next three to five years that allows you to solve the problem now than it was possible a year ago? Because what really happens is a lot of people start this audacious idea based on what they see is happening now. And they forget these exponential technologies are moving at a pace that in two years, what you thought was completely impossible today becomes really possible and you have to intercept them and understand these technologies. So in our case, we thought to solve this problem, you have to digitize the human body. And we saw the cost of sequencing when we started was about $1,200. And I said, you know, this thing is gonna really come down in the next couple of years to $100. So let's launch now. And when we are ready in the marketplace, the cost will plummet to $100. What we did not realize was cost was gonna come down to $10. And that is the power of exponential technology. We realize to do that, if you collect the digitize the body, it's gonna collect massive amount of data. We're not going to get access to supercomputers. How do you make it cheap enough so everyone can afford it? And we were processing on cloud computing. It was costing us about $40 per person. We knew in a couple of years that cost will come down to $10. What we didn't realize was cost came down to $1. Right? And that's literally what was happening. We saw that AI was powerful enough, but we realized in the next two to three years, it is going to become so powerful, we can run hundreds of thousands of algorithms completely unsupervised, and it's going to come back and predict you what disease you're going to have. And that's literally, we decided that time for doing Wyoming is now because confluence of these technologies, not individual technology, all these were converging together to make it possible. The last thing was the most important part. Why me? And why me? Every government has to ask themselves, why? Why them? And the thing is, what questions are they asking that are different from what everyone else is asking? And that's how you solve the problem in a different way than everyone else is doing. Otherwise, you're doing everything. Whatever. So in our case, we say, you know, everyone is looking at the human genes. Mm. And it occurred to us, 
your human genes don't change when you become depressed. Your DNA is still the same. When you gain 200 pounds, your DNA hasn't changed. When you become diabetic, your DNA doesn't change. And you go on and on, your DNA is not changing. So how can you look at your DNA and say, I can tell you something about you. What is changing is not your genes, but your gene expression. And we say, what if we measure the gene expression? So when it is changing, we can say, uh-oh, this moving towards diabetes now. And then we saw the same thing about looking at the body as a whole. And we realized 99% of all the genes in our body are not our own. They come from the microbes in our gut, the microbiome in our gut, microbiome in our mouth. And what if we can focus on the same thing? Everyone in the industry, when they look at microbiome, they were looking at what organisms are there. And we say, wait a sec, that is a wrong question because Hundreds of different organisms can produce the same thing that's causing a disease. So knowing which what's there doesn't help you. And what if the same organism does something different in your gut than it does in my gut? So having two people with the same organism doesn't mean anything. And that's literally what we discovered. A same organism like acarmensia can be very, very beneficial to some people, and it can cause multiple cirrhosis in other people, depending on what it is producing. And that is the key. So governments need to ask, how are they thinking about the problem that is different? And I can give you another example from my space venture. When I was looking at going to the moon and settling on the moon, these people kept asking me, so if you live on the moon, how are you going to grow the food on the moon? And I thought that was the wrong question. What if we change the question how to grow the food into why we eat food? Because the reason we eat food is nutrition and energy. And you can get energy and nutrition very different way than you need to grow the food. Because if you only focus on how to grow food, that's the only solution you're going to come up with. And that literally allows you to see all the possibilities by asking different questions. So to me, I love what UAE government does. They are innovative. They are experimental. And they literally are able to go out and implement the things when they make up their mind. They can really make that things happen. To me, a lot of the innovation is going to come from that part of the world where they are actually are able to see the future and implement the futures today. So I'm so glad, Ian, that, you know, Prime Minister's office is doing this and really rethinking what is possible. And if there is anything I can do to help in their cause, you know you have a friend in us. Absolutely. Naveen, I couldn't ask for more. This is amazing. Your insights are incredible. And thank you for sharing uh, your time and your expertise with us. There's so much more to do, I believe, that we're just getting started in delivering these services, making the world a better place. And the more people that are held here within any country, the, the lower the cost of running the government and making things happen. So that's, there's a huge connection there. More Go than ahead. the cost, remember, human suffering. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Eliminating the human suffering is the key for the government, not just saving the cost. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Thank you so much, Naveen, for your insights. And uh, we look forward to having you again. Thank you. And you take care. Thanks a lot. Yeah, look forward to it. Take care.